Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Bo Billington with The Free Agent. Welcome, Bo. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on, Lee. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. This this sounds like a pretty big disruption in the industry. So please share with our folks uh, about The Free Agent. How are you serving folks? Sure. And that's that's definitely the key in the interest here is, is the disruption, right? So, you know, essentially we're um we provide executive headhunting and consulting services to high growth technology companies that have a product, software, or service. So most of our, our customers have revenue somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 200 million. They're growing rapidly. And the uh, the common theme with a lot of those high growth companies is personnel and the lack of access to top personnel. And that's basically where we come to play, where we sit down with these companies, help them understand their gaps, um, and then bring executive level individuals to the table on a full-time interim or fractional basis. And lastly, we focus across really just the sales, technology, product, and marketing silos. Now, what's your backstory? Uh, How'd you get into this line of work? Yeah, so I, I kind of fell into it to be honest with you. Um, I had already, I'd always aspired to be an entrepreneur. So for me, it was never a matter of if; it was a matter of when. And the last job that I had in corporate America, this was um, about four and a half, five years ago, was actually a professional services company. Um, and I had the concept of the free agent about two years prior to even starting with this company. But bottom line, we'd, we'd go in, we'd have conversations with CIOs and CTOs, and you know, sell this grandiose vision of what we can do for them the next one, three, five years. And then we'd actually have to go out into the marketplace and then go find the people that we actually didn't have on a bench, right? And so it was kind of a light bulb moment for me, to be honest with you, at that, at that time, Lee, where I was thinking, there's got to be an easier way, right? And, and perhaps maybe there's individuals that are available that are ready, and we could essentially act as broker or intermediary between the companies that need them and the individuals that are actually looking for the work. Now, um, you know, the term free agent's been around for a minute or so, um, but it it typically applies to maybe in sports or entertainment. Um, and it sounds like you're trying to apply it here to the business world to have people kind of on demand available when they're needed in the capacity that they want it to be needed. And um, it's it's anytime you have this type of a marketplace, it's kind of a chicken and an egg thing. How do you kind of maintain the bench and then maintain the opportunities and make sure that, you know, the matches are there when you need them. You're telling me definitely chicken in the egg, but we're rewind a little bit um, in regards to kind of the namesake. And uh, long story short, I was sitting in Toronto um, about to miss Christmas with my, uh, one of my newborn kids. Um, and the ESPN was playing in the background and they're talking about so-and-so as a free agent. I thought to myself, how cool would it be if I myself was a free agent? And, and at the time I was in sales and marketing, um, and essentially, I could plug into an organization, um, you know, on my terms. And that's kind of what spawned the, the concept of the free agent. And then we kind of moved that across sales, marketing, technology and product. Uh, to answer your question in regards to a double sided marketplace, um, that's that's really kind of the, the, the toughest proposition proposition here, to be honest with you. 
because you've got to have enough demand um, to kind of ensure that the supply can eat, if you will. Um, what we found, however, though, is that um, there is a tremendous amount of supply. Um, the gig economy is real. And due to the fact that the gig economy exists, there's actually a tremendous amount of individuals in the marketplace that are looking to be independent consultants. And so part of our value prop is that we'll look to network with those individuals. You know, they'll go through our vetting process and they're therefore become part of our bench. And some are available when needed. Other times, you know, um, maybe they, they jump onto another project, but ultimately we don't lock these individuals into our organization. They're free to kind of do what they please. And then um, have you had, like, what was your first kind of match in this under the free agent? Chief revenue officer, right? So uh, basically a high growth company that initially came to me and was interested in a full-time, and I hate that acronym, mind you, but they were interested in a full-time chief revenue officer. Um, and basically after further exploration, we kind of collectively agreed that maybe that wasn't the, uh, the right move now, that they're probably about a year or two premature from meeting one of those individuals. And so ultimately um, I went out into the wild, went out to the marketplace and found an individual that, that was available on contract. Um, and we, we plugged this individual in um, and it was a, a huge success. And so we started thinking, how can we replicate this? And then what do um, kind of the free agents do to kind of catch your eye? What are some of the things they could be doing so that they are kind of sought after in this regard? A couple of things. I think, you know, because we also do executive headhunting as well as consulting um, as it pertains to the consulting side of the business. I think first and foremost, I think people need to choose a lane, right? Either they're looking for full-time employment, that's kind of their, their shtick, or they, they want to be a contractor and hang out their own shingle. Um, if you're really talking about the latter versus the former, uh, I think it's, it's highly important to create your, uh, your persona and your profile uh, via LinkedIn, um, website, et cetera, that really mirrors the work that you're trying to, uh, to accomplish, right? So if you're setting out to be an independent consultant, then if somebody were to Google your name, that's what they should really see, and that should be representative of your brand. And then for the, the companies that are seeking the talent, is there things they can be doing uh, to make their opportunity that much more attractive? Because it, it seems pretty competitive nowadays. Oh, man, it's, uh, this has been the, wor- the best year and the worst year for me. It's been, it's been really insane. It's funny you mentioned that about 10 minutes ago on LinkedIn. I actually posted something in regards to employee branding, employer branding, rather, um, as well as uh, the importance of the candidate experience in the hiring process. And basically, I think first and foremost, companies really need to look at their online, their social footprint, the reviews on Glassdoor, and what they look like to a prospective candidate, and really try to kind of tighten that up across the board, as well as when they're actually looking to attract individuals within their company, and they've engaged with them on a one-on-one basis, they need to do a better job of enhancing and increasing the candidate experience. So ultimately, anybody who's to walk away or, or, or gravitate towards that position is going to write a, a nice review or at least speak pleasantly about the employer. And I think that's first and foremost, critical step in, in the talent war that we're currently in. And then is this something that your um, free agents, are they kind of of all demographics or is this kind of more attractive to the senior level person that maybe got laid off or is, you know, kind of going their own way for the first time? Or is this also young people that are just kind of frustrated and want to have that flexibility? It's it's really across the board. You know, I'd say our our typical demographic is probably 40, 45 to, you know, upwards of 65 or so, but we've got outliers on both sides. Um, For us, what was really important is um, trying to carve out a niche and not compete with the staffing agencies that are out there in the middle tier. 
of, um, of, of staffing. And so for us, you know, we, we typically work um, as executive headhunting side of the house, you know, uh, in excess of base salaries, you know, 185 plus. Um, and if we're talking on the contractual side, you know, we're, we're talking bill rates, 80, 100, um, probably with our average around 120 plus. So um, we do work across demographics. We do work at different age groups. Um, but I'd say majority of individuals we do work with somewhere between 40, 45, 65 and have run teams, um, you know, and worked at a very, very high level at an organization, typically director, VP or even higher. Now, since you're the marketplace, are you... Um... Like, who do you kind of, who are you advocating for at any given time? Are you on the side of the free agent or are you on the side of the business that's looking for the free agent? How do you kind of thread that needle? Yeah, I, I typically I'd say I, I do the majority of the work on the free agent side of the house just because there's a lot of aspiring contractors, uh, individuals that are looking to kind of hang their own shingle. And that's that's where I kind of get involved and, and may have some one-on-ones with these individuals and what they can do to kind of create a, a better footprint, a social footprint to attract more opportunity. A lot of times companies um, or are much more, um, I'd say, established as it pertains to what they also want. And so we kind of, <clears throat> it, it's a little bit less uh, hands-on, I'd say, on the company side of the house. So when you're working with that free agent, is some of your work kind of educating them and managing their expectations? Because they might have come from a corporate job and had certain, you know, uh, monetary compensation and now they're a free agent and, and now it's a different world and that, you know, they sometimes they're going to have to make less. So do you help them on saying, okay, you know, the value in the marketplace for what you do is yes. X, not, you know, X times seven that it used to be. Great, great, great question. Great point. And yes, Lee, life lessons, right? I mean, I, I think, you know, part of my role is, is kind of a psychologist, if you will, managing expectations and really helping people find a path because ultimately, you know, the free agent side of the house, you know, being a freelancer, being a, an executive contractor, that's not for everybody. Um, it's kind of like I can it to starting a business, sleepless nights. It's very tough to get started. Once you can get some momentum, it can be the holy grail, but it, it's really um, not for the faint of heart. And so ultimately, I really help these individuals, you know, from pricing their service. Um, helping them kind of position themselves for a win um, and, and ultimately trying to create more opportunity um, in the gig economy and being an independent consultant. Now, um, in today's world where everything or not everything, but a lot of things are remote, is it opening up a lot more opportunities where the person, you know, maybe did get laid off or retired and, you know, was like, hey, now I don't have to travel the good side. I don't have to travel five days a week like I used to. Is it possible to find opportunities wherever you are, you know, working anywhere in the world now, I would imagine? Yeah, 100 percent. I think it's really opened up opportunities on both sides of the house because you have individuals, individuals that are more inclined to take positions maybe they wouldn't have before because of you know travel requirements. Conversely, you have companies that, you know, may have had, you know, um, stringent in, in office policies that have you know really lightened that up. Um, and, and frankly, a lot of the companies that I work with currently that I've had relationships with pre-COVID may have been less inclined to have a fully remote worker. Fast forward, you know, 18 months to two years, and now they're totally fine with somebody being located in the U.S. versus, you know, Atlanta, Southeast, or a specific state that I may be working outside of Georgia. Now, for you, what's been the most rewarding part of this adventure? 
so, so I was, I guess I was on a, uh, you know, some sort of uh, soul searching, if you will. Um, and so I, I like for me, you know, ambi- you know, I, I, I don't like the mundane. I don't like doing the same thing day in and day out. And so starting a company four and a half years ago for me has been, been extremely fulfilling just because every single day is different. Good, different, bad, different. It's all across the board, but every day is different. And so for me, that's been the most exciting and most fulfilling part of actually starting a company. Now, um, you mentioned that your work is around sales and marketing and technology. Is that, I mean, that covers pretty much every industry. Is this industry agnostic or does it kind of gravitate towards healthcare or fintech or certain kind of niches? Yeah, we're, we're industry agnostic, but for us, <clears throat> excuse me, we, we typically work with technology companies exclusively, companies that have a product, software, service, um, but we don't niche down to say manufacturing, healthcare, or fintech. Um, we do work with fintech companies, we do work with health tech companies. Um, so long as they have a technology component, then then they're a, a good target for us. But we're not going, you know, sheerly after the manufacturing vertical. And that, but you are as long as they have technology at the heart of their business, then you probably have somebody that might be able to help them. Correct, precisely. And then, so at this stage, what do you need more of? Do you need more companies? I would imagine every company's got their hand up looking for more talent. It's just a matter of finding the right fits. Yeah, no, that's a that's a phenomenal question. Um, Pre-COVID, there was, you know, tremendous amount of um, of, of individuals looking and now it's, uh, it's, it's really kind of flipped and it's, it's, it's companies and companies can't find enough personnel. Um, and so, you know, yes, I'm, I'm definitely looking for more talent to add to and bring into our, our exchange hundred percent. And then uh, from the talent standpoint, you just want, are you, you're at, you're, it's kind of two sides, right? You're actively looking for them and then you want them to kind of raise their hand and, and kind of join your marketplace. Yeah, correct. So we, we've got kind of a, a marketing strategy and outreach strategy, and we've professionalized that over, um, you know, pretty, pretty recently, actually, over the last one or two months. But it's a combination. I mean, we, we go out and uh, have a persona and have a profile of individuals that we believe kind of, you know, check the boxes as it pertains to our exchange, our marketplace. And we'll actively go out into the market and, and, you know, reach out to those individuals and try to establish a relationship we also, um, networking is, is critical to the success of our business, not only at the company side, but also on the free agent side. So we network. Uh, and then also, too, what we're trying to figure out, uh, just to be candidly, is how we can flip the funnel and drive more of these individuals to us versus us having to go out into the marketplace and find them. And individuals, you're saying free agents. You want the Correct. free agents exactly. to, to come to you. Exactly. And then I think that's what everybody runs into, right? It's how do you flip the funnel on its head? And, and have the, the inbound lead flow uh, versus having to go out and, and, and grab people, right? Right. So you haven't cracked the code for that yet, but that's what you're uh, working on? It, it's, a, it's a work in progress, right? A lot, a lot of moving parts, and uh, I feel like I'm getting closer every day, but no, I haven't, I haven't cracked it to this point. Now, um, big bullhorn, that's it. From the standpoint of the organization, the enterprise level organization, what are kind of some of the the reasons to go this free agent route rather than the more traditional route? Yeah. So it really kind of de- depends on a lot of times the size of the company um, and what the initiative is. Right. So if you're talking about a smaller company, um, a, a lot of times, you know, and, and at first too, I think that companies, you know, most individuals and most companies, their knee jerk reaction is, Hey, I need a full-time resource to take care of this, this, this job, whatever it may be. And that's not always the case, especially with the smaller companies, you know, ultimately, they, um, they, they, they may be, uh, these individuals may be cost prohibitive, um, you know, they may not um, have access to the same um, level of talent that larger companies have. 
Um, and so if you kind of flip the flip the the interest here and in what you're trying to accomplish and go out and look for a contractor that could open the doors for um, access to, to different level of talent. And then, but you just have to kind of change your mindset in terms of how you're deploying that talent. And instead of looking at it, checking a box and being done with that, you're looking at it more on a project basis or kind of or trying to achieve certain milestones. Correct. So if you go back to the example I used earlier about the chief revenue officer, that company um, that I referred to was not, in a, if they brought a chief revenue officer in, that person wouldn't have been set up for success, ultimately. Right. And so we walked kind of through that process, what they're trying to accomplish. And we realized that, you know, there's a lot more um, groundwork that needed to be laid before they could bring in a successor of this contractor that then would be in a position to, to really kind of take the reins and drive revenue. Right. So it really depends on kind of where the company is in the life cycle, as well as where that specific department is in its life cycle as well. And a lot of times, you know, the companies bring us in where maybe there's a new initiative that they're trying to stand up. Something's broken um, or frankly, maybe somebody, um, you know, key uh, executive left and they need to stop the hemorrhaging and bring somebody in quickly on an interim basis. Well, good stuff. Congratulations on all the success. If somebody wants to connect with you or the free agent, is the website thefreeagent.com? Yes. Uh, don't ask me how I got that URL. <laughs> but the website's that, you know, thefreeagent.com. Uh, I can be found on LinkedIn at Bo Billington, B-E-A-U Billington. Um, pretty, pretty easy there. And then also, too, I've, I've created a new website and a podcast called Finding That Next Gear, and it's at findingthatnextgear.com. Good stuff. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. (laughs) Thanks for your time, Lee. I appreciate you having me on. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio. 